You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. What's the story behind the glory? We've all heard the question, we know what it means, and we forget it when we meet someone who's very successful. We're dazzled and impressed. We rarely think that they, unlike us, have experienced hardship and failure. Hey, hello, storytellers, and welcome to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm your host, Louis DiBianco. We're fortunate that our host, Audible, is enriching lives. They are offering you, our storytellers, a free audiobook download of your choice, plus a one-month free trial of all of Audible service, and you get to choose from more than 180,000 titles. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power and take advantage of this wonderful gift. Remember that this show is enriched by our dialogue with you. So keep your comments and inspired thoughts coming. Send them to Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. Today's guest is an entrepreneur with an impressive success record. She started her first business when she was 16 years old. At the same time, she helped her parents build a multi-million dollar business. She's a certified human behavior specialist, a business breakthrough coach, as well as a master trainer, facilitator, and strategic intervention coach. She has been called a rock star of the coaching world. Her more than satisfied clients spanning five continents include people who have increased sales by 150% in four weeks and double their revenue year after year. She is also the host of a podcast called Leaders of Transformation. Her motto is, you were born to win. Learn how to play your strengths, be the best you can be, share your gifts and love with others, and live with passion. This is the only way to feel fulfilled and experience the success you desire. I'm excited and honored to introduce the founder and head of Discover the Edge, her coaching company, Nicole Jansen, to our show. Nicole, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Thank you, Louis. I'm excited to be here. And you should be. (laughs) Let's have some fun. Where are you originally from? Well, originally I'm from Toronto, Canada, which is where you are, and yeah. I love Toronto. Um, it's uh, it's a great city. It was good to me. Learned a lot there. So, I'll ask you, what is a wonderful Toronto girl doing in California? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, I could say it's the weather, which in part it was. Um, it's actually an interesting thing because, um, you know, your listeners and, and you and I, we, we've all we've all had dreams and goals when we were little kids, right? We said one day we're going to do that. And uh, what's funny is, is when I was about six, five, six years old, I used to tell my friends at school, one day I'm going to live in California. And I don't know why that, maybe I watched a movie or a show or something like that from California. I have no idea where it came from. Uh, I didn't know anybody in California, had never been to California. But my friends would say, oh my gosh, you're never going to live in California because it's good. by the time you're old enough to move there, it's gonna have an, they're going to have an earthquake and it's going to sink into the ocean and it's going to be gone. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm going to live there one day. Well, many years later, when I was 38 years old, I met a man that I fell in love with, and he was an American. He said he happened he happened to be from San Diego, California, and I said, "Oh, well, that's good, because I love California." And um, so, anyways, a long story short, I actually came here for a relationship. I love I love the the energy. I love the climate. I love the people, uh, the environment. It is it is fantastic, and uh, I, I do go back to Toronto on occasion, of course, because my family's there, so I go back regularly. But uh, two great very awesome places uh, to live so you know I think I know you said you don't know why you thought that when you were a kid I think I know why you probably why? watched people every winter complain dig themselves out of snow drifts get their car stuck in the snow and then <laughs> and then you watched movies that showed you how beautiful and romantic and balmy California was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know? that could be it. Or maybe it was my mother listening to Neil Diamond where they said it never rains in California. There so you go. It could be that. You know, you talked about having that childhood dream of, of wanting to live there. What other component was there to that dream? Do you Did you think about something that you wanted to be? Did you envision that? You know, it, it's interesting because I actually grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My parents owned... Uh, garage businesses from ever since I could remember and um, uh, and so I always knew that I wanted to be in business for myself and I also had an interest in law and that was a consideration I was going to go to originally I was going to go to law school uh, that's another story about why I didn't because I just I was a little bit disenchanted with the school system and the teachers and I was like why you know I started my business at 16 like you you mentioned and uh, you know, by the time I was 16, 17 years old, I'm listening to teachers at school, and they don't know really what they're, they're reading from a textbook. No disrespect to the teachers listening out there. But they, I happen to have several teachers that were reading from a textbook that didn't know, uh, didn't have a life experience. And so I was like, I want to I learn from people that have the life experience uh, that, that I want. And, and so I, I kind of diverted from the, from the law. Uh, dream of that. But I ended up working with lawyers many years later, and it was, it was super, super fun. But I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always knew I wanted to work for myself, and and uh, I didn't know what. I didn't have the specifics on what that would look like, uh, but it was it was always that spirit. I say I started my business when I was 16, but in truth, I mean that was officially going downtown University Avenue. You know where that is, University Ad Avenue to the to the Ministry of Consumer and Commercial Relations, and registered my business. That was at 16, but. 
I actually started many, many years before that. I was selling jewelry to my friends in grade six and making and selling jewelry and, and uh, just always finding things that I could do um, and in that, you know, tapping into that entrepreneurial spirit. So I, that was never a, a question of what I was, what I was going to, what I was going to do. It was just the, the product or the service. I had no idea. didn't care. I just wanted to be a business owner. Hmm. What was the business that you registered at the age of 16? Well, when I went down there to the ministry, I didn't know they were going to ask me what kind of business. I just thought I would register a business name and uh, ProNet International. And I was like, yeah, that's 1988. And then they said, well, what kind of business? And I said, oh, I don't know yet. I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> so, so I put down their marketing, sales and marketing. So I figured that was vague enough to cover my basis. But I actually ended up, um, I, I, at that time, I didn't know much about business other than, as I said, some real basics and stuff. And I understood that business was about having a product or a service that would be of value in, in, in selling it to somebody. And so buying it wholesale, selling it retail, making a profit, that's what business was about in creating, as I said, in creating value in the marketplace. And so that's what I started doing. And the first thing I started selling was $2,500 fax machines. And uh, my friends were not buying fax machines at 16, if you can imagine. They were brand new into the market, and uh, they weren't really in the market for it. But they're, even their parents, I was like, who am I going to sell these things to? And so I started, uh, I just, immediately I was like, well, who buys these things? Who buys these things? Business owners will buy these things. Okay, well, where do, how do I reach the business owners? And they're, they're not going to let me, a 16-year-old kid, get into a big building. I'm not going to, you know be able to get past the gatekeeper there and so I was like oh the, the easiest you know path of re least resistance was to go door to door in industrial parks where they had the little business you know the little businesses next to each other and I could walk in and it was the shortest uh, quickest you know uh, way to get to the to the actual owner or decision maker and so I started going door to door and selling fax machines and quickly realized I wasn't excited about fax machines and went on to other things. But well, how did you how did you get involved with fax machines? Uh, how did that come about? Well, you know, it's it it was it was I I got a line on uh, as actually through my uh, parents' business. Um, I got a line on wholesale fax machines. I could buy them at wholesale. I could turn around and sell at retail. And again, that's what I understood business to be about. Real simple. And I think actually people make business complicated these days. You know, there's like so many things that they, they think about, and it's like really fundamentally, you know, you need a product or a service, and you need a customer, right? Start there. And, and so, and of course, a dream and a passion of what you want to do and, 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 a, and a very big why. But, um, yeah, so I could buy them wholesale. I could sell them retail, and I said, great. Who, who, who wants these things? Who would benefit from having one? Let's go talk to them. And, uh, and that's where it started. So at 16, what was your very big why? My big why at that point was I wanted to, I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to build uh, a business, something that was, that was sustainable. I've always been passionate about building long-term, sustainable, profitable businesses. And so to build that legacy, to build something, it was a starting point. I knew it wasn't going to end there but it was a starting point to say I want to build something that that and, and maybe there's the little bit of the control freak in me you know which <laughs> wanted to control my future I wanted to control my you know my time 
and be able to make as much money as I wanted to make and to be able to do what I wanted to do and, and, and work with the people that I wanted to work with. And, and through my parents, you know, I, I was surrounded by a lot of entrepreneurs, so I saw the passion in them. I saw their lifestyle. I saw their, the fire within them. And then, I, you know, on the other side, of course, I'd, you know, I'd have my teachers, and, and half of them were not, most of them were not excited about what they were doing. They had lost, they didn't have passion. Maybe they had at one time, but they didn't have any passion. And, um, uh, and, and so, you know, I looked at them, and I, you know, I was comparing the two, and I was like, you know, not a, not a difficult decision, right? So I want to be like them. I want to be able to be free. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to do all these cool things. And so, you know, I looked at what did they do? Were they all own businesses? Okay, well, let's do that, you know. And um, and so it, it really, it was really, it's freedom. It's, it's you know, it's choices. No, it makes makes total sense to me. I, I relate to what you're talking about. I'm sure a lot of our listeners do too. So now I'm intrigued, and I'm sure other people are, specifically, who were your parents and what did they do? Well, my parents were immigrants. My dad, who passed away last year, he's actually from, he was from Holland, and my mom was from Germany. And my dad always said he came to Canada because he didn't know what he wanted and he knew what he didn't want. And what he didn't want was to get stuck in this small-minded, you know, class society. And so he wanted to go to Canada and, uh, and, and do something, you know, something great with his life. And he, he and my mom met in Canada. And uh, as I said, they, they owned garage businesses. My dad was a mechanic uh, by trade and, and uh, had the opportunity. Somebody gave him a chance and said, hey, I'll, I'll you know, fund some some money to for you to to um, to start your first garage. So he owned an SO station and uh, with gas and car repairs and and then Sunoco and um, actually he owned the Sunoco station and expanded the Sunoco station down on um, Kennedy and 401 where the Kennedy Commons is now. And uh, so you know when I was and then when I so they were doing that working hard seven days a week nonstop go 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 and building that vision and what they always did is they always told us as kids as my brother and I uh, and and they always said that uh, that we were a team we had this home team it was like you know what when we win everybody we all win right so so we all contributed so I learned responsibility at a very young age I learned to participate be involved at a very young age so when my parents at the age of seven, got involved in a network marketing company. They were introduced. One of my dad's customers came by and said, have you ever looked at other ways of making money? And he said, what do you think I'm doing here? Hello. Um, and so, you know, he ended up getting involved in that. Uh, or they, they ended up getting very excited about it and um, hit the ground running uh, in that. And, uh, and so it was naturally, as I said, seven years old, I was like, what are you guys doing? You're going out every night. Like, usually my dad's at the garage. My mother's doing paperwork. All of a sudden, they're... Going, coming home, putting a suit on, and going out. Where are you going? And so they explained what they were doing, and I said, awesome, well, what can I do to help? And they said, well, we're going to have these boxes come to the house. You can unpack the boxes and stock the shelves. And I said, I'll do that. And that led to one thing led to the other. People started calling and placing orders, and they weren't home. I said, okay, well, I can write that down. That's not a big deal. And then gradually, by the time I was 12, 13, 14 years old, I was taking most of the orders and compiling the orders and um, by the time I was 14, I was I basically said to my my mom because she kept checking, did you do this? Did you do that? And I said, 
<laughs> either I'm going to do it or you're going to do it, but you are not going to look over my shoulder and ask me and micromanage me. And so she's like, okay, go do it. And, uh, and so I ended up doing a lot of the paperwork. Obviously, she still checked it. I mean, I was 14 years old, but she still checked it um, and verified it. But, um, but I would take care of as much as possible to free them up to go uh, to do the, you know, what they needed to do. And so, yeah, so as I said, it was a natural thing. And then I was 16. On my 16th birthday, I got a registration kit because uh, that's what I wanted. They asked me what I wanted for my 16th birthday. I said, I want a registration kit. Sign me up. And uh, and also, as I said, and separately from that, then I started going out and and uh, and retailing the, the the fax machines, and and then I went on to doing incentive pro. I've sold everything under the sun, incentive programs, and you know, home technology, you know, water treatment systems, air treatment systems, all sorts of stuff. Um, so when you, for the benefit of our listeners, you got your registration kit to what exactly? Yeah, it was to a network marketing company. You can name it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Amway Company. The Amway Big A. Yeah, yeah, the Big A. And so how big did your parents grow that business, of course, with your help? Well, so the, um, so was, so the first time around, they actually built it to direct. And then uh, 60 Minutes in 1982, some of your listeners will remember, did a whole expose on Amway. And there was some whatever issues with the uh, – Canadian customs, uh, misunderstandings, and so forth. So their business was just like totally decimated at that point. My dad left the business, went back to automotive, working on cars. My mom, uh, you know, continued, wanted to stay with the business, even though my dad's like, let's get out. I don't want to have anything to do with this um, for many other reasons. There's lots of different stories that go along with that. My dad invested in some stuff down in Brazil and lost everything. And... Um, and so he was like, went back to what he knew, which was uh, working on cars. But my mom really saw the vision and continued, wanted to continue the business. So I helped her. Uh, my dad came back in the business when I was about 17. One day, all of a sudden, said, I'm ready to do this again. Uh, we had come back from an event, and he happened to watch a video that was lying around. And so uh, we ended up building that business together, the three of us, ended up building that business uh, up to about $10 million in sales. Um, uh, by the time I was in my mid, early to mid twenties, and mm. uh, it was an incredible. We had business in I don't know how many countries. It was it was a blast. We had thousands of active independent business owners. It was a vertical growth. It was that was what when I when we got further into that, and of course it was that successful. Um, then I thought, well, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. This is it. And uh, God obviously had different plans because. Um, you know, that business ended up through a series of, long story short, a series of um, leadership issues, uh, lack of integrity within our upline and, and uh, in the way that they operated. What I realized is that we had a mission. We operated from a mission and a vision of what we were creating and we wanted to help people. And, you know, Zig Ziglar said, you know, you help enough other people get what they want, you'll get what you want. And we built our business that way. And, uh, and it worked. And uh, we had an amazing team and some some just some incredible uh, people. And um, but unfortunately, our our upline really didn't didn't operate on the same core values and vision, mission, and so forth. And so ego, you got to watch out for it in network marketing, um, in any business, but in particular with that, you got to watch out for you know when the money, when the zeros start adding up on the side you know uh, side of the, the the decimal point, right? It's like 
you start getting into the millions and millions of dollars, people go a little funny, right? And they get excited and so forth. And so oftentimes it's ego and it's it's greed, right? That that kick in. And so it's making sure one of the things I learned is how important it is to stay humble and to to stay true to your values, to stay true to the mission, the original reason, the reason why you got in the business in the first place, and to stand with integrity, to stay in integrity is so very important because not only uh, are you affecting your business in this particular industry network marketing, right? You're not only affecting your own business, but your business also stems out to many, many other people. And so not only, you know, did it affect us and it did affect their business, but it affected everybody in the organization. And so there was a lot of people that, uh, that their businesses got destroyed just by ego and greed getting out of whack. And really it's ego, right? It was a power struggle. And, um, and so it's, so just for your listeners out there is to, to set out in the beginning and saying, why are we doing this? What are the core values? What are the rules in which we play the game that we're going to hold ourselves to, to have a standard to remember that no matter how successful we get, no matter how lucrative it could possibly be, but to remember the people and the reason why we, we're building this business in the first place and to protect those relationships like gold because because they are they're, they're, that's what it's made of that the beauty the magic in network marketing is in the relationships and uh, as I've always you know I've, I've heard and I've repeated so many times is products don't move people people move product it's true but one of the things I find interesting about what you're saying is that my experience I've been in network marketing for 11 years is that it has a built-in protective mechanism in a sense that, I mean, I've seen people who were above me who went astray, but essentially they really didn't have much of an impact on the people below them who stayed on course because, sure, they weren't contributing anymore to um, adding to volume and bringing in more sales. But as long as we, me and the people with me, continued on our trajectory, we were okay, you know? So yes. it's interesting. It's not like in a corporation where someone, let's say, breaks a rule and brings the organization down. With this, I mean, I think you, you've seen this before where an upline leader might get disillusioned and leave the business altogether, but the people who came in later with a, a vision and passion go yes. on to build a tremendous success. So there's Absolutely. that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. In our case, uh, I would have loved for them to leave. They didn't. <laughs> that was the problem. Well, you know, so they actually stayed and created created a mess. I see. Uh, and, and so that's where the difference. That's where the difference comes in. But yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you stay true to your own. That's the beautiful thing about, and I know we're going kind of diving into this deep in terms of network marketing, but I happen to know that industry really well. And it's one of the things is like a safeguard. It's just to, to build such strong relationships. That was my point is you build such strong relationships and you build it on integrity and you build it on, on a, a set of ethics or rules of engagement as I, as I call it, that, um, that you can, uh, one of my mentors calls it a code of honor. You know, it's like, how do we agree to play the game? 
I know who that I know who that is because yeah, soon, you yeah, yeah, it's Blair Singer. I love Blair. Because as soon as you said code of honor, I said, ah, she studied with Blair Singer. I have his um, his uh, CDs on that. I worked I've worked with him as well. Yeah, I actually owned a, I owned a franchise a few years back and uh, when he launched the franchise system uh, to, to franchises intellectual property and so I actually worked I had I had a franchise and I worked very closely with uh, with my partnered with him uh, for almost five years. He's awesome. He's a great great man and actually he's one of the people that is he, he's one of my greatest mentors. Um, and I learned a lot from him and even going back and unpacking what occurred in our family business, I got new distinctions on what actually happened and how to prevent that from happening again by listening to Blair and, uh, and having actually having us literally the two, you know, going back and unpacking that with him and then him, uh, him sharing about you know his perspective on building a code of honor and so forth. So yeah, really, mm. really great, amazing. And I there probably isn't a week that goes by, um, you know, that I am not mentioning Blair several times when I'm working with clients. So, but I learned a tremendous amount from him. Great. Yeah, I, I did too. The man is uh, he's quite brilliant. Uh, uh, he has he has fabulous insights into business and life. Now, could you talk a bit about because I mean you. We're on a high. Your your parents were on a high. You built incredibly successful business, and it crumbled. And I think that besides that, correct me if I'm wrong, you also experienced other blows to your life and your your business. Those hardships. Yes. Could you talk about some of those major obstacles that hit you that you had to overcome to continue growing? Yeah, so when the business all fell apart and, and we had a little mini fraction of the business left, um, you know, it really, it did hit us hard. Um, that led to um, some health issues. Uh, there, was a, there was a point where my body literally was just like mid to late 20s. My body literally just shut down. I mean, you imagine you, put, you pour 25 years into something and then you've got nothing. you got nothing left. From a, even from a financial standpoint, all crumbled, and it was like, oh, my parents were like, it's going to be okay. It's like, well, it's not going to be okay. This is going down bad. Anyway, so uh, we ended up, as I said, we ended up losing everything, and, um, and my, my health deteriorated substantially um, uh, to the point where, as I said, my body started shutting down. And, and so I ended up going through a series of, you know, finding a homeopathic, anybody, anybody that could help to um, to solve it. I remember going to a doctor, actually, a, a regular doctor, and asking for a referral to an allergist because I just wanted to see how my progress was going because they hadn't helped me in the beginning. They were like, oh, take these drugs. I really wasn't into that. But So I was looking for alternative uh, solutions back in the late 90s, and, and uh, there wasn't a lot around, of course, as there is today. And so as I was looking, so I went back to the doctor and, and, and I said, well, listen, you know, based on my research, based on what people are telling me and all this and my symptoms, I'm going to end up with this, this or this. Like, I'm not going to see my 35th birthday. And she goes, yeah, well, you know, a lot of people are getting it, like cancer and all this stuff. And, I, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm here now. And you, you're telling me that, oh, well, like that's not the answer I was looking for. And, uh, and so 
uh, I said, so you're telling me that you're not going to help me now because uh, they just wanted to pump me full of drugs. So, so you know, you're, gonna, you're not going to help me now, but when I'm 35 and I come back and I have lymphoma or, you know, colon cancer or thyroid cancer, all of some of these things, you know, you're going to help me then. She's like, oh, yes, we have chemo, we have this and we have that. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. But I'm here now and I want a solution now so I can prevent having to be in your office and, you know, in seven years and tell you. So I went through a whole process, um, spent tens of thousands of dollars to, um, to rebuild my immune system, to re rebuild my health. I mean, I could sleep 14 hours a day and still be tired, chronic fatigue, all sorts of things uh, going on. And at the same time, trying to salvage a business, uh, try to salvage a, uh, whatever I could and, and to move forward. So it was, uh, so there was that, of course, financial, um, you know, we lo lost everything there, but also, um, trying to scramble to pour, you know, try, try to salvage things, um, and, uh, pouring money in, it's like almost like a money pit, you know, and you just, so recouping from that, um, the other thing of course was like, Hey, what am I going to do now? Cause I just didn't have the heart to build the business again, um, and so I sat down and was like, what, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? This, this kind of changes things <laughs> dramatically. And so I sat down, went through a process, a real soul-searching process of trying to figure out and saying, well, who am I? And what are my strengths? And what is my passion? What am I really passionate about? Sure, I'm passionate about being in business and being an entrepreneur, but what is it about that game that I love to play? Right? Is it a product? Is it a service? Is it a company, like an organ network marketing company specifically? What is it? And uh, and so I went through this process that now I take clients through, but at the time there really wasn't. I didn't know of any processes that I could use, so I just kind of made it my own, and and went through a series of questions of asking myself what I really love to do, and 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 what came out of that was that I love to see people win. I love to see people succeed and excel. And then I said, okay, well, if that's the game and that's the playing field, then what, what part do I play on that, in that field? Am I the coach? Am I, a, you know, am I a, a co-player? What, what, who am I? And, um, and so I, I started, to, started to, you know, realize that one of my passions was actually helping people to, uh, to win, but it was also, like, specifically, to, I had to drill down to play to their strengths, well, helping people to play to their strengths, maximize their potential, and, uh, and I loved using the personality dynamics disc. I'm certified as a human behavior specialist with disc. And so I, um, uh, I started actually applying that. And that's where Discover the Edge actually came from. In 2005, I launched that company. And uh, it was going to be doing training and workshops and teaching personalities so I could teach people about who they were and how, they're, how they're, they were, they were you know, their, their human behavior preferences, their strengths. Um, and, uh, and, and from there it actually developed and morphed because people started asking me for coaching and, uh, and I initially said, no, I'm not a coach. I, I'm going to be a horrible coach. I'll tell you. I mean, I don't want, I was picturing therapist on the black couch and, and, uh, and they're like, no, no, I really want, want you to mentor and coach me. And, and so I agreed to do it for a few people and then it just kind of one thing led to the other and. And then I walked into a business one day and I was going to do a workshop for them on, with their team on personality dynamics. And I looked around and it looked like a tornado had hit the place. Um, and, and I said, well, you know, what's, what's going on? And, and then I said, would you like some help with maybe putting some systems in place? And, um, 
So I then piloted a business coaching program that I just made up because I was like, this, I mean, we, in our network marketing business, of course, I had to manage all that information and we didn't have, I mean, I actually, you know, automated our system, brought it on, onto computers when I was in my teens, late teens, but we did everything like pretty manual. Like that was a DOS system, right? So it was, so I'm used to managing, I had to have a way to manage massive amounts of information consistently, accurately, and, and so forth. And so systems became a strength for me. And so, yeah, I started helping, um, I started helping with, uh, with this company and uh, putting some systems in place and creating order where there was chaos. And, uh, and their business took off and was amazing, uh, did, did really well. And they're not only that, but what was really uh, valuable about that was that their life, their personal relationship as a husband and wife team uh, that owned the company and their relationships started to get better. We started working on that. We started working on their, their work-life balance. And so that's where it, it really developed uh, into more of a business coaching and working with the business owner and the leaders and helping them to not only play to their strengths, but to do what they love and to build a life that they love so that they would come back to me. And I tell all my clients that and say, you know, it's great. I'll help you increase your sales. You want to increase your sales? No problem. We'll do that. You want to improve the culture of your team? Well, okay, we'll work on that. But what I really want you to do is I want you to come back and be able to say to me, say, Nicole, I love my life. Because if you can say that, I know we've covered all of those things and your relationship and your health. There's really only three, I mean, there's core areas, right? There's finances, there's, the, you know, uh, uh, your health and your relationships. And you think of your, you know, your life, right? Finances, meaning work, career, all of that. That you, these are the three core areas uh, and pillars of your of your life. So and where you spend your time, and so the key was to be able to help them in those three areas so that they could they could really truly love their life and have the choices like I talked about earlier is be able to give them the you know create the 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 arena for them to be able to have the choices, the fun, the freedom, the fulfillment that excuse me that they want. But um, I know I kind of went off there from the you know, the, the overcoming, but you know, and, and no, life it's, doesn't it's, stop there. I mean, life doesn't stop there. A few years back, I, I told you about the franchise. That was crazy. And even Blair would tell you that was a crazy time and doesn't have that franchise where I end up shutting that franchise down. Um, systemically, it, it was, it was problematic. Uh, one of Blair's partners, same thing as we were talking about earlier with, with our family business, he had a partner that he and the partner didn't see eye to eye, and this partner uh, kind of violated the code of honor, bottom line. And, uh, and the business and the system was, was a mess, and so I uh, ended up shutting that down. And then I had relational issues. My husband, uh, who I moved down to California with, you know, and absolutely loved and adored, and um, he ended up having a midlife crisis and leaving and all sorts of crazy stuff. But it's um, life never ends. There's... It's just a matter of you, you, you learn, you learn out of each one of those things. And I'm grateful for each one of those peaks and valleys that I've gone through because I've learned through them and it's made me who I am today. And, um, yeah. You know, uh, I, the reason I didn't stop you is because even though you saw it as a tangent, it actually had a very, very, um, uh, I would say organic, line through to your story because you went from feeling tremendously ill physically 
to seeking solutions to that led you to ask some profound questions that help you to redefine, basically change your story and change yeah. your life. And then that change led you to discover your strength to help people not just get more money, but to have balance in their lives and create a kind of holistic success, if you like. And while you were talking, that's wonderful. And what you were talking about made me think of Anthony Robbins, who it's a very big theme with him that if you achieve great success and you don't have fulfillment as a person, that ultimately you failed. Yes. And uh, he talks, he uses, I, I just saw him live recently, and he, uh, he, he uses the example a lot now of Robin Williams. He said, how many people in this audience love Robin Williams? They loved him. And 15,000 hands went up. He said, right. He said, tremendous success. The world loved him. And he took his own life. He missed out on that inner fulfillment. Yes. You know? Well, that's the, that's the human needs. I also studied with Tony, um, not personally with Tony Robbins himself, although I've been to his events, uh, some of his events, uh, but I actually did a one-year strategic intervention coaching program uh, with uh, Robbins Madonna's training, uh, which is Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonna's fantastic program. And, uh, and he talks about, and I'm sure he talked about it when you were there, you know, uh, the, the six human needs. You know, he talks yeah. about human needs psychology. And, you know, Robin Williams, yeah, he was loved by everybody else, but somehow he didn't get, he didn't get those needs met in a way that translated, like, to, for him to feel that fulfillment. Absolutely. And, it's, and, it's, and that's where, like, now I look at it and say, okay, yeah, what does it take for you to love your life? Mm. You know, like, to really say this is awesome. It's not all about money. Some of the most... And I've met billionaires and, and, of course, multimillionaires and so forth. And it's not about, you know, it's not about the money. It's about what that, what that does for you. I mean, you're not, you can stockpile it and so forth. For, but it's really, yeah, you can get significance from money and you can say, well, I've, and that's what, unfortunately, that's where the ego kicks in and says, see, right? But when it comes right down to it, you're not going to take that money with you. What you'll remember at the end of the day you know, at your, 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 you know, your, your last day on this earth, what are you going to be thinking about? What are you going to, who, who are you going to want? You're going to be wanting, you want You're going to want, you know, piles of money in your hotel, your hotel, your hospital, you know, room. Is that what you're going to want? No, you're going to want people around you. Who are the people that, that love you and that you love and that, that have met, have meant the most to you? You know, one of the things that over the last, years I mentioned briefly about my husband going in a midlife crisis and I learned so much of that oh my gosh that was all the rest of it was like a cakewalk compared to going through that situation the last number of years and um, one of the things that I learned through that because it really hit up against I thought I was confident people would have said oh Nicole you look confident you are confident all that and and yet it was like it hit me at a very pers on a very personal level of somebody saying, "I don't want to be with you. I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't. I want to. I want something else." And he didn't even know what he wanted. He was just going out and trying to find it, whatever something, whatever that thing was that you know often so often people go and search for. 
you know, grass is greener on the other side. But it really hit me where it was, it was like, well, you're not good enough, you know. And then you can look back and you can see all these other failures because you know how our little voice works, right? It's like, yes, yeah, see, look at all that. And this, this time and then that time. And it, it starts to build up and you're like, see, you're not worthy. You're not, you're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. And it's really hit me hard until – uh, you know, I, I start, I, that's why I went through that Robbins Madonna's coaching program and partly for myself, but just to kind of get myself recalibrated. And, um, and so when I did that and I realized what was really going on and I realized it really wasn't me, it was what's going on with him. And I, I actually learned how to love someone unconditionally to love them no matter what they're doing you know, that, that whatever actions they're taking and what they're doing or not doing or whatever, it's not about that. It's about, you know, who am I being and, 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 and what can I give and how can I contribute? What do they need from me and how can I support them? And so, um, so, you know, that's the thing is that most, most people don't get to that point and I had the opportunity. So for those of you that are, you know, people that are listening or your listeners are listening out there and they're going through tough times, there's a blessing in that. I know it's a cliche, you know, there's a blessing in the midst of that, but there is, it's there, not necessarily that it was meant to be there for a reason or anything like that, but it was, it, <laughs> is that your cat? This is so funny. <laughs> this happens in so many of our interviews where someone will suddenly stop and go, is that your cat? Yes, that is my cat. Uh, she is very heavily into personal development and she's totally engaged by what you're saying. Thank you for being patient. And now let's pick it up without Kitty. So for your listeners out there, you know, oftentimes it's a cliche and it's like, you know, there's a blessing in the, in the, the valley, right? There's a blessing in that, in that struggle and people go, yeah, 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 you know, but the truth is there really is. And I am grateful for every single one of the things that I've been through. I kind of joke with, you know, sometimes with God and I'm like, do I have to learn everything firsthand or can I not read some of this in a book? But apparently not. I need to learn this firsthand because it's it's molded and it's shaped me into who I am. And of course, that's a choice of what I how I approach it, how I look at the challenges that I've been through, you know. And and I'm actually writing a book right now, which even addresses it's the not just the loss and, and losing in one area, but it's actually compounding loss. What do you do when your that loss is being compounded one after the other after the other like a domino effect? How do you get on the other side of that? And how, like I was just just starting to talk about, how do you get to that point of love, loving yourself unconditionally and loving others unconditionally? Because when it comes right down to it, life is all about relationships. Life is about you know how how you feel about yourself, how you feel about others and the relationships that you build and nurture and and of course how you how you look at the world you know or we create our own reality and so you know it's through those experiences you you can't you can't you know even when you talk about business you talk about how do you assess the value of a product you know if it if you don't have anything to compare it to how how does somebody know that it's good right it's it's comparing it to something else and so 
you don't know how beautiful the day is unless maybe you could, you know, let's say you compare it to something else. And you go, wow, you know, it was raining today and look how beautiful it is today. You know, and we, we tend to, we tend to appreciate things more when we have something to, to compare it to. It doesn't mean you have to go through all these things. I'm not saying that. You can learn that through other people's experience. But if you are going through experiences yourself, then you know what? Extract. If there's any, is one thing that I've done is I've extracted as much learning as possible from each of the experiences that I would not have to repeat it to get the lesson. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. To move forward. Now, it sounds to me like you've invested also in uh, formal personal development, have you? Oh, yeah. I mean, my whole life has been about personal development and growing. you you got to grow yourself. You know, if you think you're just, yeah. Which are the thought leaders that had the biggest impact on you? Well, we talked about them, actually, uh, already. They come out in conversation all the time. Tony Robbins, Blair Singer, you know, are two that really uh, shaped. I learned a lot from them. Certainly, there are tremendous leaders in network marketing that I, that I you know, there's, there's too many to, to count. Um, I one time counted how many live speakers I had listened to, and this was a few years back. And I was like, how many have I listened to? And I, I've literally listened to 7,000, over 7,000 speakers live and in person. That's a lot of input. And that's not including CDs and tapes, which came, you know, before CDs and all that. And of course, downloads and podcasts and all that. So, there's been a lot of input, but those two gentlemen, I use and I and I refer to them a lot. And of course, I'm also I'm a, I'm a Christian. I I um I'm not a religious person, but I am a person of faith and spirituality. And and I could not have gone through everything that I've gone through without without my relationship with God. Um and and with with Jesus, I I I look at the 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 model, the the um, example. Is the word I'm looking for the example that he set and how he operated and as I studied the the scripture, it has uh, that's been the single most influential uh, thought leader, you know, uh, that would be that I would have to say is like so so you know mm-hmm. those would be because because it's like it's amazing it's like how do you love people and Tony talks about that as well it's like how do you love people no matter what this is not about because ego says you know, when you do this to me, then I will love you, right? Or if you give me, I'll give you this if you give me that. That's not love, right? And so, you know, there's, so the older I get, the more I realize it comes down to, uh, it comes down to on a fundamental level about loving one another. Loving God, loving one another is really pretty pretty simple. Life is, life, life is really simple. You do those two things and the rest kind of, uh, not to be cliche, but it falls into place. Are you, are you familiar with a book called Radical Forgiveness? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Does that mean he I don't really... Agree with every, I don't agree with everything, like the whole idea of us planning out and so forth, our, you know, who, planning out our experiences on Earth. And that's a little bit too far out there. But that book actually was one of the books that helped me to see things differently to the point where it's not about forgiving at all. There's nothing to forgive. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, he really pushes you beyond your comfort zone with uh, his concept of forgiveness. I think it's a, it's a great book for everybody to, to read. They'll find it challenging. 
Yeah. He me he means to challenge you. Was it Colin? Colin Tipping? Is that it? That sounds right. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's radical forgiveness, but he's got a series of, of different uh, books and workbooks on that. Um, so pre pretty easy to find, I would say, on Amazon. And uh, in terms of thought leaders, did you ever have experience with T. Harv Eker? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I saw Harv the first time back in 2005. I heard him speak in Toronto. He was launching his book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, that week. And I and somebody invited me and said, "Hey, we want to come hear this speaker on wealth, the wealth seminar on Saturday night." And I said, "Sure, I'll go." And so we went, and there was fifteen hundred people in the room, and this guy got up to speak, and I'm like, "Who is this guy?" And he was, uh, and he was loud, and he was bold, and he was launching his new book, and it was it was amazing. And and he has. Uh, you know, he, he's, an, he's another incredible individual. And I'm sure there's women. Oh, my gosh, these are all men that I'm talking about. There's some amazing women, uh, of course, out there as, as well. It just happens to be these are all guys. But, yeah, Harv's awesome. Who's the woman who wrote the, um, you know, she the Course in Miracles? Or she wrote about... Oh, Marianne. <laughs> Marianne. Marianne yeah, Williamson is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now... Did you end up taking the Millionaire Mind Intensive? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually uh, also did the Life Directions. I didn't do the whole thing um, with the whole quantum package, uh, but uh, I ended up going to Life Directions. I was actually a volunteer coach there. And, and Okay. Um, Does this name? Does this name ring a bell? David T.S. Wood? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's in isogenics now, right? So, or is he still in yeah, training for that? He is, and he's a good friend of mine. And it's interesting. He's, he's yeah, he is. He is. I'll probably be seeing him in a couple of days. And what's interesting is that as you, when I read your bio, I said, I'll bet that this woman has had direct contact with peak potentials because, in fact, did you meet Blair Singer through this network? No, actually, I met Blair before because Blair used to come into our functions and speak. And then I ran into him at a Darren Weeks event uh, later, and uh, and that's where he was talking about his franchise system that he was building. And then I said, "Tell me more." And we were talking about it afterwards. And that's and then um, that's where he was uh, in working with him, where he talked about how he trained actually Harv, and of course did the train the trainer. So a lot of these things, like I actually did that. I didn't do that through Peaks. I did that through Blair because, well, Blair taught it, right? So I did all of that training and the master facilitator training, and it was a whole process uh, when you own a franchise and you're you're basically. I was delivering programs uh, using Blair's intellectual property, and so you know you had to learn how to present. I already knew how to present, but as uh, as Blair said one time, I'm like Blair, I know how to present. Like I've done thousands of, you know, presentations, right? And he, he's like, you work with me and I will, ma I will make you better than you ever thought you were. And uh, I was like, I, I, I'm not sure how to take that. <laughs> so, but uh, but he was, he's great, yeah. So I took a lot, of the, a lot of the training that I may have gotten, you, you know, if I had done peak potentials, I had actually gotten from working with Blair 
and uh, and some of the other things that I've that I've done. He's a he teaches accelerated learning. He teaches. I know. I know. When you know, I read experiential the experiential learning, he's you know his his seven day programs are are uh, pretty pretty hardcore. So I know when I read that you were into accelerated learning, I said, ah, she's been through this. And you know, two thousand five, I did the Millionaire Mind Intensive two thousand six. And then ended up doing Quantum Leap, and it uh, totally changed my life. So we have run in the same circles. It's quite interesting. Um, I was going to ask you, you know what? I'll get to that about accelerated learning, because people should have an awareness of what it is and how it's different from the traditional kind of learning that we're used to in schools. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, you know what? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. What is accelerated learning and why is it so important for people? Well, it's interesting. Actually, just on my, pod, on my podcast, I just interviewed Tim Galloway and he wrote a book called The Inner Game of Tennis. And, uh, and what he discovered is he actually wrote that 45 years ago, the year I was born, 1972. And he, uh, he shared, when I interviewed him, he talked about how uh, he was training people, you know, in a certain way, trying to tell them, you know, you should do it this way. And it's interesting you talked about people should, you know, and it's a language we use a lot. Well, he, he talked about we need to get rid of the shoulds and the shouldn'ts because oftentimes what we do as a trainer is we teach a student, we teach students or coaches oftentimes will do that with their, with their coachees. It's like they'll look at it and they have a model of the world or they have a way that it should be you know, and the way that it should be done, right? So in his case, tennis, you know, it's like it should be done that you should do your backhand this way and you should do it that way. And so what they then tried to do is mold the student into doing it the way that is, 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 is the way that the trainer sees it. And what he discovered is when he uh, turned that around and just let them observe and become the observer uh, and actually facilitate their own learning, and because and, education comes from the root word educare, which is to draw out. It's not to disseminate, it's to draw out. And so accelerated learning is, 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 is like on that basis. Well, what you're doing is you're accelerating learning by, by not being the one to disseminate information out. What you're doing is you're actually drawing it out of the audience. And that's, what, that's why when Harv is up there and he says, the more tea you drink, you know, the, the, the better trainer you are, because what that means is if you're drinking tea on stage and the audience is doing exercises, that's where the learning happens. And so accelerated learning is, is an experiential learning where people actually are not just hearing it like in school lecture style content dumping. It's about, it's about creating an environment where people discover the answers within themselves. They experience it viscerally where, where they remember it so much more than hearing it or reading it. They're actually getting a firsthand experience of it. And so it's high impact, it's high frequency and, and, uh, and short durations. And you, you've got, you can, you can learn a tremendous, I mean, this is why I was even saying with Tim, he talked about how he could teach somebody how to play tennis or again, create the environment for them to learn how to play tennis quite well within 20 minutes where it would take months for people oftentimes to learn. Like they literally in within 20 minutes, you know, would look like they had been playing tennis for a year. And that's mm. accelerating. 
And that's why, why is it valuable? Well, if you're going to put the information in, and I've done workshops and I say to people, look, you know, I get them engaged, right? Get them engaged, ask questions and engage the audience. You know, questions hook the mind. When you get people engaged and start thinking and start processing rather than just being in passive mode, then, you know, they retain more. You know, if you're going to invest the time, I say to people, you know, it's like, look, if you're going to invest the time to be here, wouldn't you want to you know, retain as much as possible, get the greatest impact and learning out of it? Yeah, okay, great. This is how, this is how we do it. That's a beautiful, clear explanation of it. Uh, the, um, you obviously, you know, have not only studied it, but you've immersed yourself in it. Because it is, it's experiential versus lecture. Uh, quite wonderful. Thank you for that. Now, what are three of the biggest roadblocks that stop people from growing, Nicole? Well, I think one of them is is fear, and a lot of it has to do with mindset, of course. But fear, you know, afraid of failing. So many people, it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to try that because what if I make a mistake? The reality is, is that's how you learn, which, of course, coming back to accelerated learning is and the experiential learning is putting yourself in an environment where, you, you know what, you will fail. I interviewed another gentleman on my podcast, and um, Matt Young, and he talked about the, uh, you know, with, our, with children because he teaches youth and, and youth uh, sports and so forth. And, and he said, you know, we want our kids to fail in our presence so that they can succeed in our absence. Whereas sometimes, so often people are afraid of failing. They're afraid of making mistakes. But that's how we learn. There's another book out there Jim Harris wrote many years ago called The Learning Paradox. And he said the very thing, you know, that, that is, our, is the way that we learn, you know, by making mistakes is the very thing we, be, we, we begin to fear, which, of course, stunts our growth. So that would be one of them. The number two is, um, I, I would say, is there's so many. But, you know, I would say that potentially could could uh, could come in, but I talked about it, you know, ego, and very closely related to that is lack of confidence, lack of you know being secure in who you are, and so if I'm if I'm if I'm insecure in who I am, then I'm going to try to protect myself. The ego is going to try to I'm going to try to protect myself and keep myself safe. When I keep myself safe, I don't want to put myself out there, and I will and I, and when if I do that, then I'm going to limit my growth. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna operate from a I know that or I should know that, and in doing that I won't learn what I need to learn in order to go to the next uh, level. Mm -hmm. The third one I the third one I would say is is uh, I would say living in the past because oftentimes you know we either some people live in the past, some people live in the future, some people live in the present, right? But the future is like one day when, or one day I'll do this, or I will do this. It's like in affirmations, it's the difference between the I will, you know, I should have, or the I am. And and I think there's a lot of people that live in the in the, the past and they go, I shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? And if I had done this differently, then this would have happened, or blaming, justifying, all that comes in. It's like, well, if you had my experience, if you had my upbringing, if you had you know, all this going on, then you'd understand, you know, and that prevents us from growing because we, we're, we're, we're still holding on. We've got all these anchors. There's so many, you know, anchors that, that people have that prevent them from growing forward. Let it go. Get on, you know what? L learn the lesson. 
unpack it, look at it, be the observer. Look at it, learn as much as you possibly can, extract that you know, insight and, and learning and wisdom, and then use it to move forward. Use it to plant new seed. Use it to, 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 be, to expand your vision, to expand your confidence, to know that, you know what, if I, if I got through that and, and, and I, I'm still here, I'm still standing, you know what, I can, I can do this. I can get through more, you know, and, and the greater, what is it, somebody said, uh, the greater the problem, the people that get paid the most in, in, in the world are the people, in theory, they say, you know, the, the people that, that solve the biggest problems. Now, that doesn't always come out that way, but certainly the people that um, solve the, the, the greatest problems are become much more capable of sol solving bigger problems. Like they've, they've expanded their, their capacity, their context, you know, through solving problems. It hasn't been about, you know, being safe. That's not how you grow. All growth happens outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's wonderful. That's, that's really excellent. Um, you give an excellent strategies for how to change one story and then as a result, change your life. How can people transform? You kind of touched on it in this, but maybe you can just add um, something to it. How can they transform from average to extraordinary? First thing that comes to mind is change your context. And you know this from working with Harv, you know, content and context, right? The context is the container. You gotta change your container. You gotta, you gotta create the space for growth. Create the space for transformation. And, and so how do you do that? Well, you, you shift your mindset. You, you know, some of the things I just already talked about. And you get around people that have a big context where you don't judge yourself. Set aside the judge, right? And saying, oh, I should have, or I, you know, they're this and I'm that, and comparing. I'm not talking about comparison. I'm talking about getting around people and associating with people that are, that are moving forward, that are inspiring, that are expanding, that are living their dreams, that are chasing their dreams. You know, get around so that you can start to get into that environment. Turn off the TV. You know, there, there's, a, there's something we used to do many years ago with our team is people who struggle with the TV and, and they come home and they're like, oh, I know I should go out to this meeting or whatever, but they get stuck in front of the TV or I should. And they make these phone calls, but then they turn the TV on for a couple minutes and end up watching for three hours. And we said, you know what? Uh, it started with this, I think it was my dad that came up with this idea. But, you know, kids, obviously, they, you know, they always want to go to Disneyland, right? Or, what, you know, Disney World. And so he said, okay, here's what you do is you put a picture, get, cut out a picture of Disneyland or whatever your dream is, cut out a picture of what it is that you truly desire, right? A representation, an image that represents that and tape it onto your TV screen. And every time you go to watch TV, just notice you got to take your dream off to turn the TV on. It's your mm. choice. Mm. That's wonderful. Now, you mentioned something which I agree with about it begins by changing context, but to some people that might be a foreign thought, could you give a concrete example of changing somebody's context? Well, yeah, context, another word for that could be your container, so your capacity, 
to um, uh, it's several things, right? Your context is your is reignite your mission, reignite your vision, your dreams. So so I would go dig up those old dreams that you have or create new ones. Uh, that shifts your context. Um, I, what I was talking about there with the association, right? The association is get around a different environment. So if you think of your environment right now, is your environment healthy? If you were to plant seeds there, is it healthy? Are those seeds uh, likely to grow into into to to your dream being fulfilled? If not, then that's where you got to shift that by the people that what's going in, right? What kind of fertilizer are you putting on those seeds? So, you know, who are you listening to? How much time are you spending on Facebook? What are you watching or listening to, you know, when you're on Facebook, social media or TV? What are you watching? Because everything that's going in, garbage in, garbage out. So, you know, when, when I'm saying is, and there's context is a whole conversation. We could spend a whole hour, a whole day on that. But just when I talk about just create, it's like creating, changing the environment and expanding the, and, and expanding your environment and your capacity, um, to, to learn and to grow, right? So that's what I'm really talking about. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah that's I'm trying to bit short because I know we're kind of winding it towards the end, but I, that's context is a big, it's a, it's a topic that can, <laughs> no, absolutely. It, it, it makes total sense. And, you know, one of the thoughts I had, I sometimes people say, well, you know, when you say get around people who are more successful, who are more positive, and they're moving forward, and and people feel stumped, and they'll go, well, you know, uh, I mean, where do I find them? Well, the place to begin, I would say, Besides finding flesh and blood people, today you have access to podcasts, oh, and you yeah. can and and for instance, you can Great. spend and CDs and um, uh, audio books where you can spend time, literally spend time with some of the greatest and most inspiring minds on the planet. Begin there. And see where that leads you. Does that make sense to oh, you? Absolutely. You yeah. know how you know how much of a treat is nowadays we, we look at podcasts, we go, Oh, that's cool. Do you know when back in the day when you and I were, you know, many years younger, you know, we had to I hate I think of people saying, Oh, we had to climb uphill you know, both ways. No, but we actually had to buy the tape. We had to buy the C D. We had to pay for listening nowadays if you have internet access you can go on iTunes and you can listen for free to all these amazing people I mean what a treat absolutely and that's why what it's what you take in so what you listen to what you read what you watch all of those that's all all of that is shaping your reality mm -hmm. if your reality isn't what you like it to be then you know what you get to reshape it. I totally, to totally, totally agree. And now, like the past uh, couple of weeks, I've been at the gym every morning listening to a different podcast from, uh, well, the same podcast but different episodes of "I Love Marketing," which is really a, a form of high-end personal development. "I Love Marketing" with Joe Polish, 
and this morning he was interviewing um, Peter Diamandis, who's one of the mm. most advanced. You're familiar with Peter Diamandis, oh, yes? Oh, yeah, he's a billionaire, yes. Yeah, he's the guy who wrote Bold, David, How to Go Big, Create Wealth, and Impact the World. Um, and I think everybody should be familiar with his thinking. Yes. Now, what is well, your... Well, go ahead. What, what are you going to say? I was going to say, in terms of uh, the one thing, a caveat to listening to all these podcasts is you want to take in, right, and, and absorb all this new information that you're getting from people that are the movers and shakers, the thought leaders, the people that... That, that have what you are looking to create in your own life, um, that have achieved a level of success uh, that you desire, then you got to go take action. And you do, you know, you're, you're in action, right? So you're, at, and so then when you're at the gym and you're listening to podcasts and you're doing this, it's like you've got an outlet, you've got a vehicle which you can apply it. And so the one thing I notice. And so I'm kind of one of those contrarian thinkers, so I always look at one side and then I go, yeah, you also have to watch out for the other side, which is, is when you take it all in and you don't do anything with it, you're, you know, you're, you're not going to get the results. It's kind of like the Dead Sea, right? The, mm -hmm. the reason why it's dead is because you ha it has, it has um, you know, water flowing in, but it's not flowing out the other side. So you've you got to be in action. It's not just about sitting there listening to podcasts. It's about having a vehicle, having some way. That's why network marketing and what you do when you talk about isogenics, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an outlet. It's a vehicle. It's some way, somehow, that you can actually apply coming back to the experiential learning. I hear it in this case, right? I hear a podcast, and then I go out and say, okay, who can I teach it to? How can I apply it, better yet, first of all, before I teach it somewhere else, but how can I apply it in my own life today, right now? So mm -hmm. this is in theory. This is goes moves from theory because I've met lots of people who can quote to you every book and everything. It's all awesome, and yet at the same time they don't have the results. They don't have the success. Why? Because it's all just rolling around in their head as as somebody else's idea. When when you start applying it and experiencing your own life, now it becomes yours. Now you own it. That's where the learning is permanent, the retention stays in, it's, it's accelerated learning at work. Wonderful. Where do you see yourself in five years? You know, it's funny because I always, I, I, there's a saying, we make plans, God laughs. If I would have, if I would have said five years ago that this is where I would be at and what I'd be doing, I would, I would be like, what? No way. Um, but I know it's important to have a vision for the next five years. Um, my, my vision is still to continue to do what I do. I love to coach. I love to train. I'm actually, uh, you know, talking to my husband actually came back and we restored, we reconciled our relationship, which has been amazing the last few months. And so we've talked about building businesses um, together and some ideas because he's got an automotive background and, and uh, following my dad's footsteps, I guess. Um, and so uh, we're going to be working on some of those. I see my podcast continuing to increase, expanding my community for leaders of transformation. And, uh, and really, my vision, the big vision is to how do we connect the people that are making an impact out there in a way that we can now work together and rather than creating division, that we can create collaboration on a much deeper level. And so that some of the issues, the major issues that 
that we're seeing in the world, world issues, a lot of segregation, a lot of dissension, especially down here in the U.S., much more than, you know, it's, it's just interesting here since I've lived here, um, the, the, the racial divide and so forth, all that stuff, is to, to create an arena where we can unify and we can collaborate and, and work on what is really the mo more important and get, you know, get over all the petty stuff. So the idea of creating that community of leaders of transformation, so we're collaborating, we're accelerating our, our, our effectiveness and our growth, that's, that's something that I'm really, I'm really interested in focusing on. Beautiful. That's uh, very noble. I'm sure you'll do it. What is your favorite book? You've mentioned a few, but just there's one jump out for you. Well, the one that's sitting on my desk right now, and, and uh, I'm not going to be cliche, but it, it's the reality. It's the one that's sitting next to me is actually the Bible. And uh, I've got a great version here by Joel and Victoria Osteen. It's called the Hope Bible, and it's got uh, it's, it's great language. And you know what? It, to me, there's so much wisdom and insight as I, as I read this. This is the number one for me. Um, and everything else, everything else comes after that. Obviously, the, all the classics are all, you know, Think and Grow Rich and all those ones are awesome, too. Um, Strengths Finder. Strengths Finder is a great book. Um, Dr. Rome, one of my other mentors, wrote a book called Positive Personality Profiles. It's another one I would recommend people to understand how to relate to different kinds of personalities is, is important. Jim Rohn, yes. No, that's actually Dr. Robert Rome, R-O-H-M. Oh. Jim Rome is awesome, too, yeah. Okay, so R-O-H-M, and what was his book on personality? Positive Personality Profiles. Positive Personality Profiles. Yeah. There's really yeah. only thing, you think of business, right? What do you have to manage? you got to manage money. you got to learn how to manage money. you got to learn, and this goes for business and really even life, too, you know, to a large extent, is you got to learn how to manage money, manage time, and manage your relationships. Mm -hmm. So, understanding personalities is the managing relationships. The relationship Beautiful. with you, the relationship with others, and the world around you. Beautiful. What about a favorite quote? Oh, I, I am a quote. I, I, like, I, I love quotes. But you only, get to, you only get to share one. <laughs> okay. So here's one. Eric Hoffer, in a time of drastic change... It is the learners who will inherit the future, while the learned will find themselves beautifully equipped to deal in a world that no longer exists. I've heard that before, yeah. In a time of drastic change, is it? Yes. In a time of drastic change, it is the learners who will inherit the future, while the learned will find themselves beautifully equipped to deal with a world that no longer exists. Mm-hmm. It really does apply very, very strongly today. Yes, mm -hmm. that's why I, that's why I picked it because there's it's we're in we're in a time of drastic change right now. Yes, we are. Saying, yeah, but we've always done it this way. Well, you know what? Learn from everything that you've done up until this point, but be able to to adapt and to shift and be able to transform into something new, better, greater. Because because otherwise, you're just going to get the same as you've always gotten. Absolutely. How can people contact you, Nicole? They can go to discovertheedge.com. That's my main website. And on there, I've got talks about my coaching, and we'll actually I'm going to be revamping that in the next couple of months. There'll be a lot of really cool new things that are going to be on there, um, developing an academy and courses and all this stuff. 
but um, you can also access my podcast through that, uh, or you can go directly to leadersoftransformation.com, and uh, of course, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher and all that as well, so it's another way to, to reach me and to listen. There's there's over 140, I don't know when this is coming out, so at this point, we've got 140 uh, episodes up right now of uh, people that you know I've had the opportunity to interview over the last couple of years, amazing leaders of transformation, people that are making a difference in the world. So they can go check that out too. Wonderful. And I'm sure people will and they should. Now, any final thoughts for our storytellers? Hmm. Believe in yourself. You know, we all want, we all have big dreams and big goals. We may have, have to dust them off a little bit, but I believe that everybody has a dream and a vision and a goal, something that they want to create in their life. They want to be better. They want to be the best version of themselves. And yeah, you know, you got to take action in order to, to, to achieve that. But what influences the actions you take is the mindset that you have. And your mindset is largely made up of the things that you believe. And it's your belief, it's your BS, your belief system. And <laughs> what you believe about yourself, what you believe about others, and what you believe about the world around you. I would take a serious look at that and especially when you're going through difficult times, is the check-in saying, okay, who am I? What do I believe to be true? And is that serving me moving forward? And, uh, you know, and love yourself. Gosh, we are so hard on ourselves. Love yourself and be okay with you and get eliminate the judger, you know. Just, just be the observer rather than the judge. Thank you so much. You've... Uh... Your passion and excitement are contagious, and you've contributed such wonderful, wonderful uh, nuggets and, and uh, wisdom to our audience today. Thank you. Thank you, Lewis. I really appreciate being on the uh, the call with you. I feel like we, we covered a lot of ground. We went all over the place. but We um, have. We have covered a lot of ground. Yeah, hopefully your listeners will, will benefit from this, and uh, I wish them and you all the, all the success that you're willing to work for and, and believe for. Thank you again. And thank you, storytellers, once again, for participating with us on this continuing journey of personal growth. I trust that you got as much as I did out of the wisdom and the experience, the knowledge that Nicole Jansen shared with us. Please pay this forward. Let people know that they can hear this on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and at the website changeyourstorypodcast.com. And at the website, you will find waiting for you a free gift that I created, a downloadable free ebook called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. One of the exciting things for me in today's show was the number of books that came up in our discussion. Any one of them has the power to change your life if you're open to receiving its message. Remember that you can go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power and choose any audiobook of your choice 
from more than 120,000 titles. Get that book absolutely free and enjoy one month free trial of all of Audible service. Take advantage of that today. Go to that site to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power and get a piece of richness for yourself. As a matter of fact, I would love to hear which book you downloaded and what you got from it. Communicate with me about that at Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. You can also send your messages to Lou's Club, L-O-U-S-C-L-U-B, at gmail.com. There were so many amazing things that came up during this conversation with Nicole. And what I'm going to choose to leave you with is this. If you remember, we talked for a short while about forgiveness. And a book called Radical Forgiveness came up. That would certainly be a great one for you to download for free as an audiobook. Also, think about this. What is holding you back from enriching your life on any level? Oftentimes you'll find that it has to do with anger, with resentment, with blame, with things that we have unresolved in relation to other people. So I would ask you to reach inside yourself. And if you discover that you're holding on to something like that, something negative and painful in relation to other people, that you rise above that and forgive them. And think about this. You don't have to forgive them to their face. You can forgive them in your heart silently. You can do it on paper and know that you're not even doing it for them. You're doing it for you because the moment you truly forgive, you become freer and more powerful. And to help you do that, begin by asking, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.